<clears throat> Welcome everybody. Uh, this is No Bullshit Gaming Podcast Two and a Half Gamer Session Number Twenty Nine. Twenty Nine. So we are discussing latest news, having fun, and dropping knowledge. But let's not forget. Let's not forget this is 4 a.m. conference discussion vibe. So let's not take it too seriously. And now one conference ended. So how was Gamescom, Mr. Felix and Jakub? I mean, I had plenty also, of 4 a.m. conference discussion vibes. A lot go. of gossip. I'm going to share some of those gossip on this very yeah. podcast as well. Yeah, very good. Very good. We did miss you though, man. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. Family duty. Yeah. So, you know. Family is always more important than uh, mm. conferences. But the venue, the venue was a little bit let's let's say less pompous. Less pompous. Okay. I mean, I, I was just fascinated that Stillfront had a bigger there booth were, were than big... pretty much Google, Amazon, and yeah, like the biggest booth I saw was Stillfront. Nice. Well, why not? Hmm. But yeah. Yeah, but there were there were very big names missing, like PlayStation, Wargaming, Blizzard, completely zero presence, basically. Well, I guess, look, so um, before Gamescom even started, I, I received a lot of messages about uh, people not coming there because it doesn't make any sense for whatever reason. I mean, I wanted to come just because it was like the, the biggest conference in uh, in Europe. And actually, everybody I talked to was... Uh, I was coming, so I'm not sure like where the I'm not coming because nobody's coming actually came from. But <laughs> but uh, I guess like all these big companies just um, save the money and maybe just uh, just going to be um, in a different conference. Yeah, we'll we're going to talk about these rumors from Gamescom, what's happening uh, at the moment with Integral, some news around. Um, the the new game Google Gameplay games on on PC, which means basically fuck off BlueStacks, I guess. Then uh, I'm going to do a quick update on iOS Tiroas, and then uh, Felix as well update on Bitter because he was already like jumping three meters from the ground and it's working super well. And we are going to talk about how to scale a mobile game because from the discussion I had. Scaling means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. So I think we can start this discussion from from our point of view, and then maybe we will uh, continue on some uh, some other sessions as well. So yeah, I guess uh, I skipped the, the intro, and we have Felix Braberg here, Jakub Remia, and myself, Matija Lancharic, and we are really happy to kick it off. So what the fuck happened during the Gamescom? Well, talk so, to me. Talk to oh, me. Oh, so, so pretty much, you know, like any good ad one person, we, you know, we spend uh, the whole time of Gamescom <laughs> sitting in front of the class with the rest of the nerds and we gossip. Class or glass? <laughs> class and glass, both ah. things, right? So we sit up front and the ad people that I know, we sit up there and we gossip. Mm-hmm. Who's working and who's not working? Which ad network is doing this? Which ad network is doing that? And the outstanding kind of thing that was the big takeaway from this is that Amazon is up to really interesting things in the ad monetization space. Mm. So they have an ad network. Uh, they had this big monopolistic stupid rule in place before that you can only use Amazon as a demand source if your game is not built in Unity which is pretty much every game that's built yeah. in Unity. So before then, 
before now, uh, essentially, you couldn't run it if your game was built in Unity, but apparently now, Amazon has allowed you to be whitelisted with a big caveat that it takes about two, three months to become whitelisted. So, you know, better than nothing, but actually you can do it. So Amazon ads grew 18% last quarter, which makes it the fastest growing ad network currently out of these big mega caps. And they're actually might even be bigger than TikTok, but that's not public. So I don't know how much that is growing. So from some unnamed ad monetization manager sources, <laughs> it's banners that really works on the oh, yeah. Amazon network. And they don't yet have any real fill on rewarded or interstitials. And mainly what you're getting here is first party demand from Amazon. So that's e-commerce on Amazon, which is yeah. nice because it would get be super nice to get a, another source that would be competing with games as well on kind mm. of performance. And what I'm hearing is that the Amazon, it's a bidder, but they actually have a separate auction outside of the mediation platforms they're currently on. So it's quite interesting. I'm not sure exactly how that will work with the Max mediation stack mm. or Iron Source or anyone else for that matter. But yeah, apparently it sounds let's, really good. Let's, let's pause here. So yeah. um, I remember running Amazon UA campaigns back in days. Uh, it was one... Uh, one option which was a Kindle Fire wake screen, so you actually show your video or static image when uh, you unlocked your Kindle device. But then I remember they had this ad network you're talking about, and it was really like a very limited inventory, but it was really good quality as well. So if that's if that's growing like hell, I'm looking forward to it actually. <laughs> It was very good. It's very good. It's surprisingly good in US. Obviously, other countries are not that um, that uh, big in terms of the inventory. Then I think they opened up UK, Germany, France, but UK uh, US was still the the biggest biggest country. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, we're still reeling a bit from the loss of you know Facebook, right, or Meta. So yeah, it'd be good to get another one. Well, there is another rumor that Amazon is buying EA, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it it does really sound like a rumor. Like, yeah, Yeah. I mean, should we talk about that now? Because it kind of has a nice segue or? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yeah, let's let's do that. Remo has a stern, stern opinion on this. Yeah, yeah, Remo already said. (laughs) Do you want to start? Because I know you like, you want this to be true because you've said on this podcast many times. I said it like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I think it would make like a good good option for them because Amazon is pretty much like failing a lot at making the game themselves and this would pretty much give them a nice way out where they actually buy a like complete product. So my guess is it it's just a matter of time until this consolidation hit. Even though like I think it was already uh denied by CNBC. I or think like a half kind of, of the industry person. denied it already. But I guess it will happen anyway even if this is not true currently. And yeah, yeah, yeah. If if I didn't know you, actually, but it makes a lot of sense. I, I would say you partied pretty hard during the Gamescom, but I know you don't drink alcohol, so I don't. I don't. Yeah, listen to that voice. He's never yeah, had yeah, this sexy, a, deep voice ever yeah, before. Yeah. So yeah, G- got COVID or what? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> you know, because 
parties works really great. Like you need to talk to people that you meet during loud music and everything. And you're supposed to talk there. It's like the best talking environment. I don't know who invented this. Well, shit. it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Exactly. It's fun. And you apparently are not used to like talking aloud. You know, the alcohol actually helps. <laughs> Although I, I usually have sore throat after all these. <laughs> all no these. shit. Yeah. But actually, yeah. The thing is, like, I I apparently got COVID like a week uh, before my wife. So, uh, but I I thought it's it's just like a, a festival, you know, uh, usual bullshit. Afterwards, I, I got a little bit tired and sore throat for one day. It's like, yeah, well, fuck it. And uh, now I think this is Remo's time. Like, I think yeah, it's I his guess, time. I guess yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It's been my time I, four times, so it's just like <laughs> fucking fair that he has yeah, one don't time. Worry, man. I just it's twice for me already. It, so uh, there you go. I mean, it's just it's like catching Pokemon. So yeah, guess. exactly. <laughs> right. Different. Yeah, you just catch different variants. Sure. <laughs> I'm making the test tomorrow. Yeah. But let's a, see. That's too soon, Ben. Yeah. Don't should worry. um let, let me do yeah, my. Let's, uh, yeah, <laughs> let's continue. Let's. Continue. Yeah. Let's continue. Let's uh, move on to a little current event. So, yeah. if you currently are working with Mintegral, yesterday on iOS LAT bidding, you will have noticed a massive, absolute killer of a spike. So I'm yeah. hearing from people that is spiked about 80 to 102% in terms of revenue for different people. And if you're thinking that Mintegral is the network that has finally cracked the nuts of LAT bidding on iOS, uh, just before you do open your bottle of champagne for the weekend, it was announced today that it was due to a tech issue that caused a bunch of overbids. So banners were apparently more affected than interstitials and rewarded videos. So if you're actually monetizing with Mintegral right now, this is what you should expect. So having worked in DSPs and ad networks in my days, I have seen this happen many times. So when you're actually working in an ad network or a DSP, you actually usually have a monthly target that you need to hit or yeah, be around, right? So this means that you can expect over the next couple of days performance to go down about by the equal amount that it went up. So over a 30-day like stretch of time, it will be roughly the same as it always is. And usually there's some tech people that get punched or let go. So that's what yes. happens. <laughs> All right. So Google Play Games uh, opens up outside <laughs> of the US, um, and this is apparently their um, client on the PC, and they're testing markets uh, which include Korea, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Thailand, and Australia. And it's starting today. Uh, those countries will be able to register for open beta for Google Play Games on their PC. So this is a catalog of games restricted to Chromebooks and under the Android-enabled devices, which is going to be available to run on PC as a native app. So this is a very big middle finger to BlueStacks, which is exactly the same uh, and operates uh, on the PC where you can uh, play Android games or Google Play games. So there will be actually 50 games at launch. This includes titles like Summoner's War, Cookie Run Kingdom, Last Fortress Underground, and Top War. So pretty nice um, player base of uh, for these games. So what do you think, Jakub? 
Is it going to definitely kill the, the emulators like uh, Blue Stacks or Nox? I would. <laughs> I would say um, it, it will also depend how much functionality they have because don't forget that BlueStack has a lot of these like nitty-gritty things added on top of it like just how how much you can customize the controls and everything and like you can instance it and play like mm. 20 BlueStacks windows at once which is really yeah, really okay. handy like I always like played like two or three mobile games at once so don't know if they are for instance, just the multi-client mm. uh, functionality is really great. Then the other thing is, I'm kind of curious if, because BlueStacks is basically yeah. an ad network in a way that you can throw ads in it. I guess is what this well, won't be the case. From so those start, like I guess, icons popping up on your screen on BlueStacks, which are pretty yeah, much you know, from the start. I guess no, but then they will definitely open. Yeah, maybe they later. definitely open up for ads because this is another uh, revenue stream for them. So why wouldn't they do exactly the same as do as BlueStack does? Mm. It just makes so much sense. Yeah, then then the other thing is that uh, not like at least for me when I try to run some games through BlueStack, they not always yeah. went through in a way that like even though they installed, they didn't run. So I'm really curious if, let's say, any game could be run on this, because a lot of games are just, you know, nice to have to be running in the background on that other screen on PC when you're playing them. That's like normal things how some mobile games are played. So my guess is, yeah, it will also depend on how much features they can push in compared to BlueStacks itself, because BlueStack has a lot of features regarding just the custom stuff, macros, mm -hmm. and everything that you can customize there. Which is super handy. Yeah, and uh, it's a good point that I couldn't run actually a lot of games on BlueStacks, like any of the Supercell games. I couldn't run on BlueStacks, and I don't have Android, and I uh, I didn't want to buy Android device only for playing Supercell games. And there's like all other games that were not able to run. Okay, well, I assume this is going to be exactly uh, the place where you could, you could run it because it's Android. It's not emulator. It's actually Android native app on Facebook. Uh, fuck Facebook, Facebook PC. <laughs> Why are you lying? That's not true. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, yeah. yeah. PC. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm starting to have uh, the vo voice like yeah. this. But I'm really, like, really kind of curious yeah. about their functionality. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, but it opens up for the, <laughs> these countries. I'm. Pretty sure that, uh, until it, it happens in, in Slovakia, it's going to be worldwide release, which is going to be, well, we'll see when. But yeah, okay, so uh, iOS Tiroas update, um, finally getting some interesting numbers. So, uh, so far, so good. Uh, it still fluctuates a lot, but I can see some potential already on some accounts. Uh, I still... Back to the good old Android UAC simplified structure and launched only worldwide campaign on iOS on one account. And then I tried to run a US campaign on the other account. So far, the worldwide is performing like shit, while the US on the other account is performing great. Which, is, which makes sense because US is a very good country. And if you if you run worldwide, you, you can get pretty low uh, or like tier four geos. But there is a big but. For Android campaigns, the, the worldwide TROS campaign is actually performing always the best. 
thanks to the low CPIs from these like tier three, tier four countries and the high amount of data you can get from all these countries around the world. So you are actually meeting the, the event threshold, which means you need to get at least like 50 events in the last seven days to be able to get uh, enough data to optimize and all this uh, black boxy bullshit. But it's, it actually works. So I would expect the same is happening for iOS. Uh, but I guess I need to rely on a very different geomix because this is not how it works on iOS. So now, uh, again, two, two accounts, two different stories. So I'm really, really happy that I can compare different accounts. I mean, I'm comparing it on, on my side on the backend, not sharing any data uh, with anyone. But I need to, I, I just want to run tier one uh, geos uh, campaign, one purchase optimized and one tier was optimized so against each other to compare the results. So, I mean, it's not the exact uh, A-B test, but as close as I can get. Uh, the only thing I'm worried about is a cannibalization, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm going to see the, the numbers very quickly and uh, rule out any cannibalization. So if you can get whitelisted on the TROAS for iOS, do it as soon as you can uh, and start experimenting because, you know, more data, the better, and you will be prepared for, for the scaling up afterwards. So yeah, that's it from the TROAS side. Any other mob bidder update? <sighs> Of course, yeah. So this episode is quickly turning into this week of Google products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've I've, I've been hearing some uh, Google guys complaining about my attitude towards Google. Guys, I love you. I really, I Google is the best performing channel for me on, on a lot of games. But if, if something doesn't work, I will say it out loud. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's true. You know, Google, we love you guys. But you know, Mache was about to name his child Google instead of Katarina. Yeah. So, you know, really close. And then you know, very very close. Yeah. And then the campaign started going to shit, and then that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's always <laughs> all right. So, add more bitter update on Max. So, so last week, you know, I was over the moon, and it was great. <laughs> And now I've moved most map, uh, most apps have moved now to a 50% rollout, except on LAT because it's still looking really bad. But the results have started to look a bit more realistic. So, you know, 16 and even in one case, I had 189% uplift on one thing for a day. Like, <laughs> it's not realistic. It's a bit too much of a win. So... Right now, LAT waterfalls uh, on AB test on iOS still down left like five to seven percent. They probably will be deprecated probably after this podcast, even because it's not performing yet. iOS IDFA have settled into a nice groove of between a 1.8 to 7 percent uplift on a 50 percent rollout on day 10 of 14 days. So, Monday is when we have to make a decision on which to roll out. And Android has actually dropped down uh, on a 50% rollout after day 10 to a sensible yet nice 2 to 3.5% uplift. Mm. So it seems a bit like your end as well, Matthew, what you're saying. Like yeah. it does fluctuate quite a bit, uh, but it's a closed beta, right? So that's very much to be expected. And the bidder does seem like it works very similar to the Google AdMob placements, that it really forces fill for two to three days. 
to test out the game's inventory exactly like the Admiral places do. So it's built very similar. Keep in mind that all the data I'm saying, it's a rewarded video only. And it's with a geomix of America taking up about 80%. So the benefits of being at Gamescom is that I got invited to the Google booth to have a chat with some nice, lovely ad mob people uh, about the bidder. They serve juice and coffee and we're very friendly. And I asked also about how long we're going to be able to keep this hybrid setup because, you know, uh, that's nice of them. Yeah. And they were pretty adamant that we'll be allowed to use this dual setup at least for a couple of more quarters, which I took mm. to mean for about this time next year is when they're going to start yeah, dropping off the placement. So that's okay. good. I'm very happy about that. I'll yeah, tip my cap to that. Thank you. Uh, so I also asked them about their thoughts. How come the Google bidder is coming in at around a 50% lower ECPM on bidding compared to placements? And they confirmed that that's exactly what they're expecting to see because AdMob tends to bundle up your placements at a very high price point. So it only makes sense that the bidder will take up considerable amount of fill at lower price points where the Google bidder is not bidding. Uh, yeah, I did I meet some product is... people as well, but they couldn't really tell me that much because, yeah, they know I have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, <know>. yeah. <laughs> I really hope these uh, information are true and not uh, we're not gonna get any like lawsuit threats again. So, uh... yeah, I mean, you know, it's happened yeah. twice, right? So you know, third time lucky. It has to be a third time. Yeah, that, yeah. I well, I hope there won't be, but you never know. You never know. Okay, so. If you've built a mobile game for iOS or Android, you've experienced user churn. You can win those users back, but it's getting more and more expensive, even more so to acquire totally new users. Enter cross-promotion with Addictive. By identifying your users likely to churn early, you can showcase another game in your portfolio before they leave forever, transforming a lost user into a new user, increasing your revenues. Learn more now at addictive.com. Let's uh, let's actually discuss how to scale a game. So I have some notes uh, and uh, and whatnot, but I just want to ask you first because, uh, as I said at the beginning, there's the, the scale means or scaling a game means a lot of different things for different people. So what does actually scale? mean to you and uh, what is actually scale in your your eyes Jakub let's start with you because uh, you know you also have a very uh, interesting opinion on this <laughs> not only me uh, I re- really like this question when I was asking it like a lot of other teams mm-hmm. in a way like yeah we want to scale the game and like can you at least tell me a number and it, it sometimes went like you know make a lot of money like 20 million 10 million and then like, oh, no, no, it could be like, we're okay with like 500k a month or something like that. Or so there's best completely is, different scenarios in the end. Best answer is scale as much as, as possible. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's even better. What's wrong, what's wrong with that? Like, no, like, come on. So, I'm in the salt yeah, by it, making ads. What's wrong with that? Like scale as much as possible. What's wrong with that? Scaling as much as possible is not that big of a problem. The problem is that there needs to be expectation management because scale as much as possible could be like 5K a day and that's yeah. it. That That's the that's the possible part. Yeah, that's the thing because 
if you say scale as much as so, possible, nobody knows what to expect. And uh, usually I expect from the numbers that I see, I expect like uh, Jakub's like 5K a day, but uh, the other other part or the other side expects like 400,000 a day, which is quite a very, very, very different number. Yeah, sorry, continue, Jakub. Yeah, I, I would say it's also... It's also a matter of like, how do you want to even get to that scale? Because sometimes games just push really, really hard right from the start, like global. UA is so massive that, you know, everything just go up. And then you have the unfortunate shark fin, as we talked before, which means that you very, very soon figures out that like this is not scalable and you're losing money and pretty much pouring them down the drain. So sometimes games scale uh, this way, sometimes games scale the other way around, meaning that they'll scale from really, really low volume to really, really big volume, and it's pretty much like a hockey stick graph. Uh, the other thing is that sometimes big updates or like big feature, uh, big features being added into the game enables you to scale. For instance, if you look at the Clash of Clans chart, like from the beginning, when they added actual clan wars, you can see how it did scale <laughs> because that's that's like what enables your ltv and like changes uh, fundamentally the cpa ltv formula and that's also a, like a game of levers that you know when you are pushing really really hard on the ua side making new creatives all the time optimizing doing this doing that that's great but you know you can even kill yourself it wouldn't make any sense if the other way of the equation is doing nothing and the product is yeah the product is great but you don't have you know any new content any new live ops anything so it's, it's this kind of a game of levers and you need to put your capacity into right utility ratio i would say that you're not only doing the outside part of the equation, which is the marketing CPI, but also the inside out, which is the product with the LTV. Yeah, but that's always like a very tough discussion to have. <clears throat> and also, uh, but we, you need to have that discussion always. That's what I. That's why I ask about the, the roadmap and, uh, and like new features and when they're going to be implemented in the game, because we can have a, a certain baseline of spent, let's say 3,000, a day and uh and basically that's it and i'm squeezing the the fuck of it but if there is nothing uh from the other side of uh, of the equation coming into the game or any live ops any special offers any content anything basically that can help it's pretty hard to to grow from 3k to even like 3500 because there's nothing to uh to rely on but <clears throat> as you mentioned from my point of view, and I always say that, and even though I'm the, the UA guy, just scaling in game is not only a function of UA. It's just, it's all about the CPI versus the LTV equation. Or, well, depends also on when do you want to see your money back uh, and uh, what if you are comfortable to, to get your money back in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, or one year. Also, what comes into this equation, obviously, is the long-term retention. If you have like 1% day 30, it doesn't make any sense to, to aim for payback period of one year. Oh, well, you can do that, but you will never get that money back in one year, maybe in 10 <laughs> years. <laughs> maybe in 10 years. Yeah, so 
in uh, in my book. Yeah, yeah. The, but we we have yeah. we, we have a. Go on. Yeah, I just wanted to mention. Sorry, the like uh, internet is 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 not really fast here, but we have a lot of experience with even lower retention games where the profile still works in a way that even yeah. though the CPI LTV formula could like from the surface level could look really shitty, but it still makes money and you can adjust to a really really comfortable scale of something like one and a half two million a month, which probably most of studios would really like but if i would tell you that oh that game has 20 percent day one orientation like yeah fuck no let's kill it yeah but then you need to say uh, you need to tell uh the listeners that day one is 20 but day 60 say six percent or eight percent which is a very different story so and if you have loads of content in that game and you are pushing out the content every month or well every week even to keep your players engaged and paying, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so it, it's more of a, as as I said, like there's different profiles, and and by the way, there are games that just work because they already kind of taught the algorithm, and the UA is pretty much for free. Like even this thing still works on the market. So, UA for free. Just UA for free. <laughs> If you if you mean these uh, uh, like organic uh, wonders, like the two games that have done the organic wonders, Hill Climb yeah. Racing and Subway Surfers, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, <clears throat> yeah. So I wanted to say, uh, just uh, you can scale your budget until the the, the LTV allows you to do so, uh, because that's uh, LTV always dictates the the scale. You can spend profitably ten thousand a day uh, and get the money back in ninety days, but if you want to get back the, the money in like thirty days, the scale will drop quite significantly because you are looking at the shorter period of time. Uh, and also, if you opens up spend and scale, it means that you are trying to widen a little bit your audience, which means that you are just prolonging the the payback period as well. So, for example, if your LTV is $5, you can run profitable campaigns until you hit the CPI, which is like $4.5, or any other CPI that, you know, you can calculate based on your margins. And this is like super simplified because, as I said, like you need to take into consideration the payback period of your campaigns. That's like very crucial part of the, the whole equation. So if you, your day 30 LTV is $5, you can, you know, you can uh, buy players for 4.5 and get profitable campaigns in 30 days. If your day 60 or day 90 is uh, LTV is $5, then you can do the 4.5 CPI as well, but the, the scale will be significantly lower. But yeah, I think let's let's unpack this a little bit and discuss like how it actually looks like from the UA point of view because you mentioned it uh, previous or earlier, um, Jakub. You can do all this creative optimization, blah blah blah. Yes, creative optimization is a very big part of the whole uh, scaling business, and not only scaling business, but the, the UA business. But it won't allow, it won't open up fake like, ads. And I, <laughs> Your favorite fake ads. Your favorite fake ads. But we said fake you couldn't ad. say fake ads on the podcast for at least another six months. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, for sure. 
Yeah, it's a very big part of the the UA of uh, of other games, and uh, and some games that have really high CPIs, they can decrease the CPIs by running fake ads. That's how the market looks like at the moment, unfortunately. But uh, we don't know longer how long it's it's going to take. There's going to be some other um, iteration of the fake ads, but yeah, let's let's not go, let's not go there. So creative optimization can definitely help you, but it won't increase your spend by 100%. There are like different uh, different uh, elements of the UA um, operations that can help, uh, like channel diversification. And uh, I guess I'm going to be banned for channel diversification as well because I, I'm saying it always. Uh, so you need to diversify the UA <laughs> because what what can happen is that you will hit the ceiling on one, one um one channel, which for example is Facebook, and you can spend profitably 50k a month. And then you open up Google and you find out, okay, so I can spend profitably 50k again. So it's it's 100,000 already. You open up another like four four uh, channels, then you will find or five channels, you will find out you can spend profitably like 20k only on each channel. But if you combine all of these, suddenly you have 200,000 a month and you're running it profitably. Of course, like this is going to take a lot of your uh, time and resources because like managing six uh, channels profitably, it's not an easy job, but that's how we roll on the UA side. <laughs> Again, it will be a, like a very big portion of your scaling business, but uh you won't be able to do it or like scale uh, like by hundreds of percent, just step by step. It's it's a, it's a part. And then these days uh, there is a lot of discussion about iOS 14 campaigns and all these ATT bullshit. We had a podcast with uh, with Niels and Kate uh, very recently, so you can uh, you can go and uh, check it out about ATT and how it's not actually an, any apocalypse. Because I'm running pretty profitable campaigns on the on the iOS side as well. It just you know sometimes you need to think outside of the box, which is a very interesting buzzword, but not to be scared about running the campaigns. Uh, I don't want to say blindly, but I would just want to say in the the blended uh, evaluation uh, point of view, because you are running campaigns, you are getting some baseline in terms of the revenues on iOS. And if you start scaling it up or growing the budget, uh, step by step, adding one one channel at a time, you will be able to see the, the delta between the baseline and the, the well, let's say the new baseline that uh, you will see after you start one, one channel. And then again, you are starting to stack up the, the iOS channels and diversify. And try to think about how the blended action, blended draws works. If you have a data team, you can work with the LTV predictions, which is possible on the iOS side. And if you have a bigger or well more um, senior data team, you can also work on the media mix modeling and try to think and see how it actually works. What changes um, actually affect the the whole baseline of the of the revenue. So those are like some of the things. Uh, I have a couple of more things, but let's... Uh, wait, wait, can, I, can I ask yeah. the, the blonde yeah. question of the week? Um, yeah. ASO, I'm just yeah. wondering, like, how much can you actually improve there if you do ASO? Like, is it 10%, 20%? Or like, how much can you actually unlock there of extra spend 
because I spend a lot of this Gamescom speaking to some people from uh, different ASO companies, and I'm just like, what can you actually do? Like, how big is it? Yeah, it's uh, I most probably won't give you any any specific number, but uh, if I had to, I would say again like ten to fifteen, twenty percent on the ASO side, because you can really improve the conversion rate on the on the even on the UA side, but also on the store by running store asset testing. You know all these like screenshots, um, icons, because that's something that is really visible on like the first site for the players. Mm-hmm. But what is really important and um, this also goes back to to fake ads a little bit but you need to create a seamless like expectation flow so players see an ad in some visual design they land in the store and they see something else very different expectations so they just you know drop off immediately but if you create like a very similar um, visual design on the creative side on the store as well and then in the game that is actually the win-win scenario because you're creating um, really nice expectations. And that's why some of the fake ads don't work. And some of the game, like fake ads are actually implemented in the, in the store. And then they're implemented even that, even in the tutorial of the game. So it's a, I now remember the, the game called mighty party, which is a free CGI, absolutely stunning graphics. But they actually run really f- big fake ads with green tower defensey type of bullshit. They put it in the first two screenshots because those are the the most important screenshots, and they they even put that fake ad before you start the to- do to- the the tutorial. So you you create the that ex- like the seamless flow of the like fake fake seamless flow, <laughs> but apparently that works. Because they they could scale quite rapidly when I was checking it in Sensor Tower. So and then like I was checking the comments on the or reviews in the store, like, hey, why the fuck is there like the, this this green tower defense before the the actual gameplay? The gameplay looks amazing, but what is this bullshit? But you know, those guys don't understand like how the fake ads work. <laughs> so yeah, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Man, yeah, I would say <laughs> it also is a matter of your benchmarks. If you are really under your benchmarks, of course, you can improve it as such as this kind of low-hanging fruit. But if you are, you know, hitting some kind of a 5% over the top or like under average, I don't think so. It's that big of an uplift if you are like up to standard in a way, like mm. no, no magic trick, definitely. Yeah. But the thing is like uh, on the ASO side, it needs to be uh, like a always on testing because uh, also like there is a seasonality and if you run one icon test and uh, let's say the icon two wins you can run it again in one month and then like the icon two that was a winner now it's a loser because well traffic changes seasonality whatever else it's just kind of like influences the, the the overall conversion rate so you need to run these tests like continuously but um good question <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely part of the of of all of these like uh, UA uh, scaling business, and I'm gonna finish up with uh, with one last thing that I have on my mind, and then I will leave you and uh, comment on on all of this because there's one important part which is the the campaign optimization diversification again, but uh, it's important 
to to know how you can actually optimize those campaign types because if you let's say have a like 50 50 split between uh, in-app purchases and in-app ads you can run almost all of the campaign types uh, and run it uh, very profitably and just um, try to mix and match so for example on android running a purchase campaigns plus value optimized campaigns and address campaigns can create a very healthy mix of uh well, let's say otherwise very short period payback period uh, purchase and value um, definitely going to get you a lot of high quality players that can actually um, produce a lot of ad revenues as well. And on iOS, uh, if you know how to how to operate on iOS um, UA field, you can run value optimized campaigns and purchase optimized campaigns plus address some on some ad networks. So again, you can create a lot of uh, different campaign types and scale on all of this because it's not that easy. If you have only, let's say, address campaign, you won't get that scale as if you have all of these options. Ugh. So yeah, simplified. But uh, even if all of this is happening and it's super hard work, you can help or it can help you improve the numbers overall maybe just like what like 20 percent if if you connect all the dots and that's full stop it's it's not going to get you to from 5k to 20k a day it's just not gonna happen you need the ltv support and you need to support on the monetization side from the ads as well Wait, right yeah <laughs> So what is there to say about ads? So I've never worked with hypercasual. Obviously, ads there are super important, and you need ads for hypercasual. So I work more on everything non-related to hypercasual. So everything and my point of view here is kind of just related to non-hypercasual. <laughs> so right now, the bell of the ball and the queen, and the best thing you can get, highest eCPM, is still rewarded videos. They are typically twice, like pay out twice as high eCPM as interstitials. Uh, so a good starting point that doesn't upset your user base is starting to make optimizations around rewarded video. What does that mean? That doesn't mean you slap it on later on. <laughs> it means you basically integrate it into your core gameplay. Uh, idle genre, typically what you want to see is 8 to 10 impressions per DAU on rewarded. So non-idle, like a good one to aim for is four to five. That's quite good if you're able to hit that. And an ad view array, you want at least that to be somewhere between 45 to 75. So that means that that portion of users actually interact with the ads every day. If you're able to hit that benchmark uh, in any kind of genre that's not hyper casual, that means that users are kind of accepting your ads in the game and you should be able to scale. If you're not getting impressions per DAU uh, on rewarded above four, they won't add that much to your bottom line and they won't be helpful mm. at all. So that is kind of the benchmarks for hitting scale or to actually helping it. Because if we think about it, ads is, you know, the third little pillar of monetization. Yeah. It can help, but it's, like it can't make or break your game, right? You need monetization, you need IAPs, and that will be what allows your LTV to increase enough for it to be actually meaningful. So yeah. I'm probably like the most, you know, useless 
thing here. It's still important, but you know, not Good. as important as game design not and useless. UX. <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty important because if you have 50-50, even if you have like 40-60 uh, towards IRP, it's a you know a very big portion of the of the revenue and uh, and you and your optimizations can help me to scale on the Adra side yeah. of things. And mo- usually these campaigns are way cheaper than the purchase and value campaigns, so it gets more volume, which creates more, let's say, organic uplift as well. And it's just you know like like a snowball effect afterwards. Yeah. So, kind of what you want to do with rewarded is you want to test it early and like don't be afraid. Like users these days are kind of used to watching rewarded ads. You'll get the least amount of backlash from rewarded ads, even yeah. zero backlash. If you're still not earning enough ad revenue at the end of that, that's when you want to test interstitials. Banners as well, they also screw up with your retention. So yeah, it's kind of a last resort. And you usually want to add, starting adding interstitials kind of on non-purchasers after a certain time period. Usually I recommend starting to add interstitials around day six or day seven uh, Mm. after the users and seeing basically and then slowly moving it back in A-B tests to see if you can kind of keep the same, yeah, yeah, retention. So that's the most important thing. Some interesting things now I want to test out on some games, these um, splash ads where basically when you open, when you come back to the game and it's remained open, that you show like an ad on 70% of the screen. I think that's like a bit less intrusive than an interstitial coming up at a random point. Don't know if Google is going to be outlawing it or not. That's the thing, right? That's a very gray area. Very gray currently. Yeah. Yeah. If you can operate on the slippery slope, it's fine. Exactly. That's where yeah. that's when and where you make money, I would say. Exactly. But the most important thing is here to test. As long as you're in between the delta of four reward impressions to even like 14 per session, I'd say like that's like that's where you want to be. That's the goldie spot, Goldilocks zone. And like if you're hitting one or two, that means that you're not using the rewarded placement in a good enough way because users these days are used to watching a lot of ads because they're getting the game for free. There you go. So what I'm hearing is uh, improvements on the ad monetization side, game design side, and UA side means scale. There you go. Hey. You, can call us, you can call us anytime. <laughs> <laughs> and with that in mind... Easy. I, yeah, easy. Thank you very much for being with us, listening, and uh, we really appreciate all the feedback you are sending. It's mostly positive, so um, if even if uh, there is anything negative, please share. Uh, we will uh, talk about it and then move on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, jokes aside, thank you very much. Until next time. Bye-bye. Ciao. Bye. See ya.